Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Kettering Connect podcast. Yes, it used to be a weekly video cast and a podcast, and now it is only a podcast. We're so sorry about that, but we are super pumped. So thank you for joining us. And as always, I'm joined in studio. You can't see her, but just trust me, she's here, is our lead pastor, Andrea Jacobsons. And so she's here with us, and this is the weekly podcast where we take some time to discuss the teaching of the weekend, process it, and apply it to our lives. Mm-hmm. And this with us is also John Noons. Who was you our know, guest this last weekend. Yes, and he preached on finances. Well, and actually, you know what? My family said, oh, well, we were we were thinking it was going to be just finances, but it was more than that, and they were glad. Mm. They said that was really good because it was just all kinds of things put together that were really important, and yet finances were some of like the one of the biggest topics that you were covering, uh, which was it was awesome. It's a wonderful topic. I think, like I mentioned at the intro, it's not necessarily a topic we all want to talk about all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's kind of sometimes um, it's tough because then we have to admit that we all have to really you know sometimes struggle with money issues. And maybe some people don't, but I know I do. (laughs) I will still have to come back to just, you know, like thinking through, okay, what is my budget? And there's times when I just go way off and then I need to bring it back to, you know, actually being on on the budget that I need to be on. So um, I think it's a really important topic and something for us to think about. But I also wanted to ask you about your name. John Noons. Where does that come from? <laughs> okay. That's very good. Okay. <laughs> My wife is from Brazil and Brazil and in Brazil, they speak Brazilian Portuguese dialect. Yeah. So she says Nunes and we've been married for 23 years and I'd love for there to be many, many more years. So I never <laughs> argue with her. Nope. <laughs> On the other hand, my father's family was from the Azores and there they speak more traditional European Portuguese. I see. And they say Noons. So ah. Noonsy here. Well, that's another derivation. Um, yes. Says noons, and so we don't even have a the, on the same on the same wavelength in our own household. Oh, but like, okay. but it, but it, so noons, noonsy, nunes. Yes. No problem. Nunez. We, okay, we'll we'll, okay. we'll throw our our because Spanish that, brothers and sisters in there. Yeah. And, and we're all what good. I thought it was. Yeah, that's what I yeah. thought it was. And every time people would say, "No, you're saying it wrong. It's supposed to yeah. be noons." And so I finally learned it. But that's why I wanted to ask you about it because I had never seen that pronunciation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. what I loved about in your message, you actually introduced yourself a couple different ways. First, I think you said Papa Noons. Yes. Then you said Noonsy? Yeah, Noonsy. Well, you know, <laughs> here's the thing. You know, I did the PhD thing at whoop de doo day okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, but but here, I'm, I'm old. I'm 60. And I'm dealing with primarily 20-year-olds. You year turned old. 60 in July. I was yeah, listening. Yeah, turned 60 in July. Yeah, nice. there you were listening. And, and, and so I'm dealing with students that are in their 20s or over at Spring Valley Academy, 17, 18 years old. Now imagine the gulf that's already between us because of that age difference. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it's much more comfortable for me to form a relationship of trust and friendship mm-hmm. with someone that can feels comfortable to call me Papa Noons mm-hmm. or Noonsy mm-hmm. as opposed to Dr. Right. Noons. So, mm-hmm. th- so that's the way I roll. Um, and it's worked out well for, for me. That doesn't mean everybody has to do like what I do. That's just what makes me comfortable. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, I didn't cure cancer or anything. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> but it was very pers- just personable is yeah. that you know the way that you did the message i thought it was it was really great because you could tell like i mean and i know you but i can tell that you deeply care not just about the content but about yes. the individuals mm-hmm. and that that is invaluable that's right it was well you know i mean one reason why i do do the papa thing i've been a dad for two-thirds of my life mm-hmm. you know yeah. since i was 20 so um that's, that's amazing a core of, of who i am you know yeah. and, and like when you when i count the collective ages 
of my dogs and my students and yeah. all that. Lord have mercy. I've been uh, a parent for millennia. <laughs> wow. you know, so. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's good. So what is it that got you interested in the topic of finances? That's it. Well, I was an econ major as an undergrad and I, you know, I went and got my MBA right after I finished undergrad and, and, you know, worked in the business world as a transit, uh, as a practitioner for a number of years. And so it was natural in running a business, you got to manage the finances. Although I did learn very quickly that, hey, how you create a profitable enterprise is by creating a great experience. Mm. You know, like Peter Drucker said, the father of modern, modern management, profits are only an indication that we're doing things the right way. Mm. Now, if wow. we're not making a profit, that's probably an indication that we're doing something rotten. Yeah. And, and, and what I would say, this, this is what, what, why I tried in my message to rather than just talk about finance, it's about life leadership. Mm-hmm. It's about our personal behaviors. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, it, it, it's it's about our habits, mm-hmm. moments yes. to momentum. You mm-hmm. know, all those things are what are, are going to what fuel our, our our financial results. So, um, yeah. so that, that's why I threw out Aristotle and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, related to that because I know I know, Andrea, you're not alone. I, you know, I, I I still struggle with things. Sometimes I make dumb mistakes, and you know, my wife will slap me upside the head and say like, <laughs> "We could have done this or that better." That's why it's good to make decisions collaboratively rather mm-hmm. than uh, apart, yeah. mm-hmm. especially so. on something big. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we, we do better on big stuff than on little stuff. But like, you know, like, yeah. hey, honey, why do we even buy this? Yeah. You know, or why do we do this? This is just dumb, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we'll, you know, we'll have those moments where we kind of check in. Like, okay, we can do better. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love especially how you brought out that it's about what I need, like checking yourself. Do I actually need this or do I just want this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that was such a huge question. It's something that we hear often, but just hearing it, again, was just a really good reminder for me that, yeah, that's what I need to think about. Well, think about it, that goes back to original sin. You know, when we act mm-hmm. impulsively, you mm-hmm. know, that's what happened in the garden, you know, as I alluded to in the message. And I know, I know situations, you know, even in my own family where, where the kids went out for dinner and while they're out for dinner, still paying on their current car, mm-hmm. they go out and buy a brand new car. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what you talking about, Willis? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you, you know, so, so, but, but, you know, we have, we all have those moments, you know, yeah. and yeah. it's interesting. We tend to be, studies show that we tend to be better shoppers with um, small stuff than mm. we are with the large transactions. Really? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're, we're, we're more discriminating about which, which, where we're going to buy our potatoes or our gasoline mm. than wow. what car we're going to buy or where we're going to buy our car with, when we know there's differences in deals or where we're going to buy that new suit of clothing or whatever like that. So I think there, there's opportunities for us mm. to titrate our behaviors, you know, wow. and, and create better results. It yeah. makes me kind of worried about us buying a house because we're on the yeah, <laughs> on yeah. the market right now trying to find a house. And you said the, it's the bigger purchases that we sometimes have a yeah. harder well, time. Well, you know, I think there's there's a the thing like I, I I tell the kids, you know, when they're when they're looking for a new college, um, hey, or, or thinking about going to college. Um, let me rephrase that. Um, hey, you're doing yourself a disservice. If when you fill out your FAFSA, you don't have at least three choices. Wow. Think about this. When I was in business, if somebody wanted to be, you know, um, our sell us a forklift or sell us a fleet of trucks, we got three bids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we would negotiate that bid. Even if we had a preferred vendor based on qualitative factors, we had a couple other in the pipeline. And we said, like, hey, buddy, you're our, you're our first choice. We have a relationship for we've done business in the past. But... What can you do to sharpen the terms in some way, shape, or form mm-hmm. to make make this more palatable? Because at the end of the day, this is other people's money. 
Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. what's, and it's all God's money, right? But like, but like in, in a business setting, it's other people's money, our investors, you know, our customers, our employees, you know, and if we're not good stewards of that, we aren't going to be able to hand out those raises or give our, give our, right. give our investors a, a return on their investment that they expect or to pay our creditors on time or our vendors on time. So all these things go into play. But right. I think like, there's a thing like, so here's the thing, when you fill out your FAFSA, even if you got a first choice, this is my first choice school, Make them, make them compete for your business. Sure. Especially when you yeah. look at that debt burden and so forth, where people are graduating with $38,000 in debt. That's average. Right. Some people yeah. graduate six figures in debt. Mm-hmm. We, don't want, we, don't, we don't want that to be your story. And so sometimes we can mitigate that risk by, by throwing that in, in, you know, open and so forth, open up for bids. So, Andrea, when you are ready to, to, to look for the house, be, be a savvy shopper. You know, don't yeah. don't just pick on the on on the one house. Look at look at others. Like even though when we when we came here from Napa Valley, California, where I was a PC, mm-hmm. you know, we decided to come here. We went out, you know, for all day, you mm-hmm. know, and, and we were lucky that we were able to find a house in a day. But like, yeah. but like we'd done some shopping beforehand to kind of narrow our, our universe from here to here, mm-hmm. and then we kind of compared and contrast. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So be picky, my friend. Yes. That's good advice. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And really what I'm hearing you talk about in, in the scriptures and in, in the in the First Testament, the, the Hebrew word for wisdom, it literally just means someone that is able to make connections, knowing that this will connect to this, which will connect to that, which will connect to that. Um, so just being super wise, right? Embracing the reality that our financial decisions and choices and investments, they they will make connections, right? So there are a lot of practical things that, that you've talked about. I'm just wondering, so of all of the things, right? And you've been in finance and you've been a professor for, for years. Um, what is, honestly, like what is the most important lesson you have learned in finance? Well, this is going to sound silly because I've been a Christian my whole life. Mm. It's all God's. Mm. Yeah. Ain't none of it that's mine. Yeah. And God bless him. God, God bless God, right? <laughs> So yeah, I thought of that. Yeah, How's I guess that, that relationship's pretty close. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. anyway, yeah, yeah. So and, anyway, but it's all his, it's all his, and yeah. he only asked for ten yes. percent. Yeah. How generous yeah. is that? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think remembering that it's all his, mm-hmm. and like, okay, maybe I can't give him the gift, but I can give it to his people. Yeah, you can love people him and serve him. Yeah, by yeah, loving and serving yeah, his by, people. by taking care of other people that are in need mm-hmm. or contributing to this building. I'm really proud of what we've been able to do as a church family. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, to make a better future. I mean, y'all are young, but like this building will still be here even when y'all are my yeah. age or older. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. I know you're never going to be that old, but but it's exciting, you yeah. know, like yeah. to think yeah. that that's, that's something that we can do that's, that's bigger than us. Another the way I love to give, like at PUC and here at Kettering, endowed scholarships. Mm. You know, we started a new one here, a diversity, equity, inclusion scholarship. That's money I can give in, and it's not gone in a year. Mm-hmm. It's going yes. into the pot, and we're using the interest to give a yep. student that's in need mm-hmm. from an underrepresented group a scholarship. Or, yeah. or, or you know, this, these are wonderful ways we can give back, and and it's and then it becomes the gift that keeps on giving. Right. Right. Yes. Absolutely. It's good. Well, I wanted to ask you about you in the sermon. You mentioned that there are some things that you just don't have time to talk about, which obviously no, none of us can fit everything within one sermon, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just how it is. But you were, I think you started talking about budgeting or money-making strategies. What is there that you would like to share about those? Okay, let me, let me show you share one example. Okay, I've got, I've got four grandkids. Hmm. If I were to put $2,500 in a, in, a, in a mutual fund, they're all little, you know, they're all less than 10. 
and told them they couldn't touch it. I set up a trust this way mm. where okay. they couldn't touch it until they are 65. How much money do you think they'd have? If mm. I put it in a no-load mutual fund. Yeah, yeah no-load. Well, because I want them to have it for the retirement. Oh, I a no-load mutual fund where they couldn't touch until they turned 65. And you're continuing to put twenty five dollars in it. No, twenty five hundred dollars one time, just one time investment of twenty five hundred dollars. Bars of gold, wow. I can imagine. <laughs> okay, probably a lot. Anyway, make a long story short, I did the calculations, assuming ten percent, which is very realistic for a stock based mutual fund. They'd have seven hundred eighty thousand dollars, or almost two hundred thousand wow. dollars a piece when they retire at sixty five. That could be life changing to that child. Absolutely. So, so that's yes. what I'm talking about. Like, like when a money making strategy, especially when you think about money making, it's not for me because, like, like I said in the sermon in First Timothy six, we we know we come into this world with nothing and we're going to leave with nothing. That's right. But the endowed scholarship, the building here at church, the, the yeah. money I can leave to my grandkids, mm -hmm. yeah, that could make a difference, not just to them, but to. They're great. Future generations. Right. Yeah. So that's where, that's where I think I've learned is like the giving, man, like, like, like I, 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 I sent you over a, a text with this and so forth. There's a great scene from It's a Wonderful Life. You all seen the movie? Oh, yeah. I love that okay, movie. Okay. It's a, it's a wonderful, where, where there's a run on the bank. Yes. And, and, and George, George yes. and Mary just gotten married. Right. Yeah. And so they, so they go in there and, and Mr. Potter, you know, yeah. you know, Drew yeah, Barrymore's yeah. Um, great uncle. Okay. Lionel Barrymore. Yeah. Oh, I didn't story. Know yeah, he's oh. the evil guy, Mr. Potter. In the oh, movie. Wow. So, so anyway, so they're, they're there and um, George is like being perturbed by, by Potter. And he looks up on the sign yeah. on, on the wall and he sees a quote by his father, Peter Bailey. And it says, all that you can take with you is that what you have given away. Wow. That has impacted me in such a profound way, mm. especially as I get older and I realize how fragile my life is. I mean, my mom, I, mean I, don't, I don't intend to die at 61, but my mom did. Mm. Yeah. You know, I don't have as much time as I used to have. So like what I give away or what I give back, that's how I can make a difference mm -hmm. for tomorrow. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. But I also cannot give if I don't have anything. Right. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important to have those strategies, to have the budget, because otherwise you are ending up with just spending it on yourself yeah, or on things that you that you think you want. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think you, you got to have a plan and, yeah. and, and in the plan, you got to build build your way towards towards solvency. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, like what I'd mentioned briefly about an emergency fund. Look. It's not realistic for everybody to have three to six months of income like like Susie Orman and, and Dave Ramsey recommend. Okay, mm -hmm. but let's try to get to a thousand dollars. That way, if you need to replace your tires or you, you have you know some kind of emergency with your car or something, you can still get to work and you're not you know putting money on a credit card or, or even the dog has to go to the vet. Sure, you know, yes. it can be something small like that. But let's let's start with stewardship in that regard, and then let's start with savings because like you know like saving for a retirement. You know, that's a big one and so forth. Like. I, I could put in $200 a month from the time I'm 25 to 35 and then stop and not pay anything the rest of my life and have more money than if I paid from 35 to 65. Mm. And I've put in three times as much money, but it's the power of compounding. Mm -hmm. So if we yes. can embrace that early, mm -hmm. we can take advantage of that and create a brighter future for ourselves. Because here's, here's the thing. I know it sounds like a lot, but, f you know, you need it. You're, you're going to need probably two to three million dollars to retire comfortably. Wow. And, I, and, I, and I'm talking about especially if you want to leave 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 funds to to your children or grandchildren or to or to causes you care about mm -hmm. church or, or school or whatever like that. You know. So so um, 
you know, you got to, and, and it's pretty easy to get there if you have a plan. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. the, but the plan, you know, you can't wiggle your nose like we're on Bewitched in the 1960s and, and get there. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, have to, we have to get. I have seen that show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I was, I'm, I'm old enough that I saw that show when, yeah, it, was, yeah. when it was on. Yeah. So, you know, binkle, binkle, bink, you know, it, does, yeah. it doesn't work like that. Yeah. So, so, but I, so I think there's that in like to, to kind of climb out of debt. Dave Ramsey has a great um, formula called the debt snowball. So you start off your, and over your head. You pay, you, 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 you concentrate on that one credit card, this the, basically the, the lowest amount, and you pay that off. You pay the minimum, minimum payment on the others, and you pay that, pay that, that lowest bar, balance went off. Then you go to the second loan balance, third loan balance. And like, mm. you know, this, it's, there's a snowball, and you start to see a light. Mm-hmm. And, then, and you always want to pay, um, you know, the, the, the minimum. You don't want to skip a minimum, a minimum payment because that affects you adversely mm-hmm. on your credit, credit history. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you know, and then get in the habit like, hey, like, like, for example, my wife said, hey, honey, they got a sale at Banana Republic. Mm-hmm. Okay, princess, um, you can spend 200 bucks there and put it on your credit card. But just know, as soon as that hits the account, it's getting paid because I ain't creating a bill that we got to pay back later. Mm-hmm. So you got to pay, you get in the habit of paying the credit card in full because mm-hmm. I realize there's perks and benefits sometimes for a credit card. But like, here's the thing that's sad is some people are very, agile at managing debt well and pay it off as it comes in. Mm-hmm. If that's not you and it's not everybody, you shouldn't have debt. You shouldn't have, have credit cards at all. Some people just mm-hmm. can't. can't handle yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just can't. And that's, that's no, no offense. I, 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 I've been guilty of that at, to- at points yeah. in time in my mm-hmm. life, especially mm-hmm. when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get it. You know, when you've got a baby to take care of or, or you've got a young child that you got to put through Christian school or whatever, you, you're going to pay her bill, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, you know, you may not, you may make some decisions you, Remember, like trying to trying to to kind of have a, a, a sense of logic about it, and then remembering, you know, to just kind of buy needs and not wants, yeah. mm-hmm. and kind of like reach, like, okay, wait a minute, do we really need this? Yeah. Okay, do I need the new Apple Watch or is the old one okay? Yeah, the old one's okay. <laughs> Well, yes. and what's interesting and is, and you talked about this in your message, uh, kind of some of the generational differences. Yeah. Um, and, and so to your just example with the Apple Watch, does it, have you discovered that like our purchasing plans or, or the way that we budget or look at our personal finances, does that change from generation to generation based on the different generational values? Well, I'll tell you what I've noticed. And of course, this is, this is a newer group for me and my kids are Gen Y. You know, um, so I, I'm just used to how they were, and and in some ways I'm pleased. Like I, I mentioned in my, in my sermon about how they are doing better. How they, yeah, yeah, they, they're, they're more collaborative in making money decisions. They're also more uh-huh. likely to have separate accounts. Yes, which is a good thing, and so forth. Like I mentioned, to you, Pastor Andrea. Yeah. You know, my wife and I have separate accounts. She knows, like, she gives me a percentage of her paycheck to help with the bills, and since I pay those, and then what's left over, I don't, she, I don't even have access to her account. Like, I have no idea how much money she's got in there. Oh, God bless. So she'd tell me if I asked her, but, but like, you know, she, she knows that's her money and she can do what she wants to with it. Mm-hmm. So there's some advantage to that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm glad you said that because like I shared with you right before yeah. we started this, yeah. because that is what my husband and I do too. We've had two different accounts and it's funny because you said that's what the millennials do. And I was just like, yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. But you know, I never really thought of, okay, I always thought that maybe the better way would be to do it combined, but it just works well for us. Yeah. And so that's why we've just stuck with it. But I always wondered like, 
which is there one that's better than the other? Do we need to change it? Yeah, and I you think it's, it's more okay. sustainable to have the separate accounts, you know, and so forth. And then, and then people feel some degree of independence and autonomy. I'll tell you the ones to watch out for, though. The Gen Zs, buddy. I've got those kids now in my Spring Valley yeah. Academy econ class. I know in the last couple of years. Years, Lord have mercy. <laughs> they want to do the. They're ready to do the investment portfolio the first week. Yeah. And like, and the, they want to play with real money. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're very savvy shoppers. So when I make this statement to them about the, the multiple school FAFSA thing, they get it. They absolutely oh. they, get it. They, get, they yeah. get it. You know, they're discerning shoppers. And, and, and not to, it's I know amazing. this isn't a pitch for Kettering College, but like, we think we can be very competitive. Oh, well, let's make it a pitch for yeah. Kettering yeah, College. Yeah, well, but we, 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 you know, Go if ahead. you put us on your FAFSA, I'm telling you, in the healthcare space, we've got a wonderful story to tell. Mm. I mean, it's the power of the network. We, you know, we're not, yeah. a, I mean, some schools can't do what we do because we have the yeah. network backing us up, but like we have a great right. educational experience to offer and we can do it at a very, you know, affordable price. Mm -hmm. And our students are pretty much guaranteed or largely guaranteed jobs sure. when they get out and can, and can work quite a bit at, at above minimum wage while they're in school. So mm -hmm. that, it's a very, that's so that's why like, I love to tell, tell that story to students. You know, and so forth. It, it, it's great. You know, like I mentioned about kindness and the Dalai Lama. When when you have when you have a product you believe in, yes, it's not even like selling because because you, you're basically yeah. you're, you're just pumped about it. Yeah. yeah, you're convicted. Yeah, yeah. Like when you guys, it's the real deal. When you when you're preaching, mm -hmm. I know it's like, hey, hey, this 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 is authentic. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's no 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 fluff. I just wanted to ask real quick, just one thing about what something that you had said because you're talking about debt. Like, if I have credit card debt or I have education debt, which one should I hit first? Oh man. Well, the credit card debt is, is a higher rate, higher, higher interest rate. So what I would say is make, make your minimal payment for both because you don't want to okay. go in default and you don't want to go in arrears. Or, or, but like, but I would say this, if you had a priority, if you have credit card debt in, 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 in student loan debt, pay the higher interest rate debt first or, okay. or, or at more than the minimum, but make at least your minimum payment, please, on your student loan debt, because it could create a problem for you with employment, you know, employment, it could create a problem for you with getting a house, um, and then for self-esteem purposes and so forth. You don't want to have that yeah. over, laying over your head, and so knowing you've got this thing that's just mushrooming, and, the, you know, the penalties mm -hmm. pile up on top yes. of the interest. So, yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, I just wanted to know, because I know that a lot of people have different kinds of debt. Yeah, right? yeah. Saying, I mean, for education debt, it took us a while to pay that off. Mm -hmm. And I often wondered, okay, is there like a perfect strategy? Yeah, this? yeah. Well, and, and here's, the, here's the other strategy I thought, I thought I should point out too. So I've seen kids do this. They graduate from college and like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to go out and buy a new car as a present. And so mm. they go out and buy a nice car and they start making their payments and their student loans don't kick in until six months after they graduate. Yes. And then like, then like, uh-oh, now I've got another $600, $750 a month, another car payment or more that I'm having to make on top of it. And then next thing you know, I have to have a roommate or I've got to move back in with mom and dad. You know, it can be, yeah. so, so like be cognizant of that mm -hmm. and don't, you know, don't, buy something that you really can't afford. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know, like make sure you make sure you know it. Like I used to ask my students and so forth, like in you know, every semester, like, hey, do you know how your student loans are growing? Like in other words, from this quarter when I was a PC or to this quarter, how, how are they increasing? Do you know what your monthly payment's gonna be? You know what the different interest rates are? What's 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 a because it's a subsidized student loan is at a lower interest rate than a, than a 
than a non-subsidized loan. So those are all important things that you need to know as as as, as mm-hmm. a shopper rather than just signing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you know, negotiate tough. You know, try to get your best deal from your college, but also try to get scholarships where you can. Mm-hmm. And and don't be afraid to work while you're in school. I mean, you know, I I. I I got, I, as I mentioned, I, I got married at 20. So, um, you know, I, I had to work and go to school. I was independent financially from the time I was 17. So I didn't have that choice. But, um, wow. you know, don't, 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 hard work, hard work's good for you. And it'll also create, uh, create um, some good opportunities for you to avoid debt. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Well, I wanted to just real quick go to 2 Corinthians, which is one of the verses that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, 9, 6 through 5. Maybe I'll just read 6 through 8 because they're important. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And I like how you were pointing that out about being a giver, mm-hmm. kind of like having that mindset in our lives. Yeah. So I just want to, like, I guess let's end with yeah. just, can you just give us like two, maybe three, like most important things that you would say, okay, keep this in mind every single day as you go about your life, go about your business when it, as it comes to finances, maybe. So, well, I think the first one is kind of what I alluded to in the sermon. It's all, it's all God's. It's all God's. So yes. what, what's in it for God and others? Because, you know, like, like even if it's not a, directly a gift to God, it could be to his people. Or, mm-hmm. And when I say people, it doesn't matter what, to sure. me whether they're Christian or not. Sure. It's just someone in need. Right. You know, so yeah. you've empowered that. So, like, this attitude of being a giver. Because when we do that for others, we're doing that for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then this other thing kind of alluded to Second Timothy 6. We come into the world nothing. We're going to leave with nothing, with nothing. So what can I do to basically create good habits in terms of saving and investing so that I'm leaving the world through a legacy, financial legacy that I'm able to bequeath, or through gifts that I've given during my lifetime, better than how I found it. You know, my mama, my mama said this, which I love. Um, said, "Honey, remember, while we're in this world, we're a gift in God's house, and we're and we're guests here. And when you're a guest in someone's house, you always want to leave it better than you found it." Yeah. Mm. So I, I, that's kind of stuck with me and so Good. forth. And, and by giving while I'm alive and then mm, accumulating so that I can give back later after I've gone, that's how I can like maximize my legacy and really make an impact and difference in the world. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, thank you, John, so much. Yeah, pleasure. Yeah. It was a great view with Super you guys. Super fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So Andrew, will you pray for us as we end? Yes, let's do that. Lord God, thank you for just the time that we were able to spend together talking about finances. These are important topics for us to think about and to remember that we need to have an attitude of giving and remember that everything is yours. Amen. Mm -hmm. I pray that you just give us discernment Mm -hmm. in the way that we need to do things in our own lives so that we can give and, and be there for others. Uh, Just put us all into your hands right now and pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us, John. Appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Thank you, beautiful people. It's great. And thank you, Spring Valley, for no class today. Yeah, they're on spring break, (laughs) so that's why I was able to do this time. Worked out perfect. It's all all good. (laughs) That's awesome. Thanks Thanks for listening, and we'll Mm -hmm. be in touch later. Yep. Next time. (laughs) 